I'm going to talk to you today about uh, the Christmas spirit. And I'm going to read this from Matthew chapter 1 at verse 18. The scripture says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet not, did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This particular scripture and this particular line in this paragraph tells you what we need to know about the true nature of the Christmas spirit. The Christmas spirit has been a widespread phenomenon for centuries and it commonly has associated feelings of joy and nostalgia with, you know, merriment, gift giving, lots of food and lots of fellowship. It was a recent study by Haddock in 2015. It actually studied this phenomenon scientifically. And what they did is they showed images and pictures and words associated with Christmas with a group that actually celebrated Christmas and then a group that did not or were neutral. And they found large amounts of brain activity when those you know, sections of Christmas or those aspects of Christmas were celebrated. So we know, and that's interesting, that Christmas affects the mind and it affects the emotions, but more importantly, it affects us spiritually. Why? Because it's about Christ. It's about something supernatural. And for decades, we looked at this and, and studied what the concept of Christ actually is. It is not his last name, but it refers to his anointing and what he's anointed with. Christ literally means the anointed one and the anointing of the Spirit of God he's anointed with. And the anointing, Isaiah 10, 27 tells us, is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a sense. It's not just a little bit of happiness, some inexplicable feeling of happiness at Christmas time. The anointing actually is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It actually is a force that does something in our lives, that accomplishes something in our lives. It's God on flesh doing what flesh can't do. You live any length of time at all, you know that you can't live this life victoriously in your own strength. You need God on your flesh doing what flesh can't do. It's often said to be God's super added to our natural. So the Christmas spirit is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. The Christmas spirit is actually a person, the person of the Holy Spirit who has in fact anointed Jesus. And that's why he is the Christ. Say that he's the anointed one with the anointing of the Spirit of God. Then the question begs, then what is the real Christmas spirit? Do we have the authentic, lasting, spiritual Christmas spirit, or do we merely have the counterfeit, fleeting, and secular substitute this Christmas season? What is it? The Christmas spirit, first of all, is a spirit of faith. It's a spirit of believing God. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. The Christmas spirit is also the spirit of hope or eager expectation. 
Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. It's a spirit of faith. It's a spirit of hope. But Christmas is also the spirit of love. You want to know what God is like? You want to know His attitude is towards people? He actually came to bring His mercy. What He has done for us is the supreme example of mercy, and you'll never see a greater example of that all the days of your life. The Christmas spirit is also the spirit of peace, where you sense nothing is missing and nothing is broken because you have a sense of inner tranquility that comes from the realization there's nothing between you and God. You have a relationship with Him and you're at perfect peace. The Christmas spirit is also the spirit of joy or calm delight. Why is there universal joy at Christmas? Because a whole lot of people out there unknowingly and unwittingly are praising Him when they say Merry Christmas. And I would, they would continue saying that. For that moment in time, all over the world, several billion people are focused on that one particular concept, Merry Christmas. And at that moment in time, you can sense it in the air. You can sense it when you get around other people, especially believers. There's something unique about this time. And everyone is focused on Him saying Merry Christmas. They're exalting the Anointed One and they don't even know it. That's why we don't say Happy Kwanzaa. That's why we don't say Happy Holidays because there's only one Messiah, only one Anointed One. It's not just a name. It's not just a phrase. It's acknowledging the one that is anointed that came for you and for me. And there is no other coming. Martin Luther said it like this. Listen to the angel's song, All You Have a Troubled Heart. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Jesus did not come to condemn you. If you want to define Christ rightly, he said, then pay heed to how the angel defines him, namely, a great joy. Amen. Turn to somebody and smile and say, he didn't come to condemn you. Amen. He came to save you. Amen. It's also, the Christmas spirit is also the spirit of giving. We know that God, by example, is the greatest giver in the history of the universe. For God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son. He took the most precious thing he had and gave it for you and for me. We know that this giving spirits, you know, basically exampled and illustrated by the Magi. He brought gold, frank, and, and, and frankincense and myrrh. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful picture of them honoring this newborn king. There's a sentence to a class and the teacher said, well, you know, um, what about this? And what about the Christmas story? And they told about the Magi coming with gold and frankincense and myrrh. And a little girl spoke up and she said, you know what? They should have just brought some diapers. Guy have a little baby brother. That's what they should have done. <laughs> How many can relate to that? In today's economy, formula and diapers. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no little boy, he was asked, you know, so why was, Mary, why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? And he wisely said, because that's where Mary was at. Good choice. Yes, amen. <laughs> It's a spirit of giving, not just God, not just the Magi, but us today. When you really have the spirit of Christmas, when you really have the Christmas spirit, when you really sense the touch of His grace and the Spirit of God, you're compelled to give and give graciously and give with you know enthusiasm in your heart because it truly is more blessed to give than to receive. It's interesting about that study I referred to earlier. They're doing a follow-up study to find out which has greater brain activity if this is a child who believes in Christmas or an adult who is the one that's actually supplying and helping Christmas become a reality. I tell you, I believe it's probably the adult in Jesus' name 
Because we take great joy in blessing others, don't we, church? We certainly do. It's a spirit of giving, but the Christmas spirit is also the spirit of humility. We should have a broken and a contrite spirit before him when we realize the price that he's paid that we could be saved, that we could be free. Amen? It's also the spirit of wisdom and revelation. If you'll pay attention this season, God just might be able to give you some spiritual insight and understanding you never had before if you'll listen to him in this season. It's a spirit of wisdom and victory, but it's also the spirit of victory. In other words, we're not defeated, we're overcomers. You often hear the stories about how depression goes up and suicide goes up. That's because they don't have the real spiritual aspect down. They don't have the real you know, spirit of Christmas. If they did, they would not be like that. And I tell you this, if you are down today, if you are thinking about self-destruction, if you are having terrible thoughts in terms of what your future looks like, believe this, that he made you an overcomer in Jesus' name. You've got things to do. When the devil tells you you're not worth anything, you don't have anything to offer the rest of your life, you're too old or you're too young, you don't have enough gifts, you don't have enough education, you don't have money, you just say, you know what? I believe I'll live and declare the glory of God in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. You just, just stand up and say, you know, God's still got a plan for me. How do we know that? You're an overcomer. Amen. I said, you are an overcomer. The spirit of victory is part of the spirit of Christmas. And then last, the spirit of Christmas is the spirit of power. We read this scripture in Isaiah chapter 61, prophesying Jesus. Jesus found this place in, the, we know it as Luke chapter 4, and he read this when he was teaching one day. And he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release of darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of praise. Turn to somebody and tell them, put on that garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. It's not just a good feeling. It's supernatural power. And faith and confidence in Him, it's released. And how does it manifest? It manifests in the good news being preached that there is salvation, there is healing, there is deliverance, and there is favor available to you today. You're not under the day of judgment, you're under the day of His favor. Christmas spirit is all about realizing God's not mad at you. He is for you, not against you. And if he is for you, who could be against you? That's the right mentality during the Christmas season. It's a spirit of power. But when I teach on the anointing, I like to point out in three specific areas this anointing goes to the work. First of all, on the impossible issue in your life. Zechariah prophesied about the restoration God would do among the people of God. And ironically, it says this, of this, it may seem impossible to you now. What seems impossible to me and to you is not impossible to God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible to him that believes. Is anything too hard for the Lord, church? Nothing. So as you sit here today thinking about Christmas, realize that a Christmas spirit is the spirit of what? Of his power. The ability to take that impossible thing and turn that thing around. I found out in serving God, He is the God of the great turnaround. God can turn it around. 
Come on, say that. God can turn it around. Say it like this. God is turning it around. Now say it by faith. It's turned around. No matter how impossible it seems. He's also a master at the practical issue. He knows there needs to be food on your table, clothes on your back, transportation. He knows the things that you need. But he said in his word, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. For in this season, if you're thinking about your situation, and maybe it's not an impossible situation in terms of your health or something else, but you are just in a position where you need God to supply, that's good because he's an expert in supplying for his people. And if he has to fly the, you know, fly the birds over, amen, or ain't manna from heaven, amen, or send a dollar general truck to your driveway, because they ran enough places to build. <laughs> I saw a meme on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and it was a picture of Mars with a Dollar General store on top of it. The first Dollar General store in Mars. <laughs> I like about Elisha the prophet, who was so faithful. And even though Gehazi, his servant, was not, a couple chapters later after the incident with Naaman, the camels of Damascus showed up for the prophet Elisha. And I'm telling you today, keep your confidence in him. He does the impossible issue, but he also does the practical issue. And don't you let some religious devil or theologian that, you know, that's a hack tell you God doesn't care about the natural things. He cares about you body, soul, and spirit. And it's a lie to say God doesn't care about your natural and practical needs. He does. Say he does the impossible. Say it, he does the practical. And maybe my favorite is he does the long-standing issue. It doesn't matter how long you've had the problem. It doesn't matter how long you've had the sickness. It doesn't matter how long you've had the debt. It doesn't matter how long you face that issue in your family. He is well able to deal with a long-standing issue. In John chapter 5, the invalid was that way for 38 years, but the anointed one came by. And he was healed instantly in Jesus' name. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. She suffers for 12 years with, with hemorrhaging. But when she touches the hem of his garment, the anointing is released and she is healed. It doesn't make any difference how long you had it. You see, religion will teach you and the devil will teach you that the longer you have something, the less likely it is that God's going to take that away. That's a lie from the pit of hell. This could be your day. This could be your week. This could be your season where no matter how long you've had that thing, whether it's depression, discouragement, sickness, disease, confusion, despondency, this could be your time. Say it by faith. This is my time. It doesn't matter how long you had it. 38 years, 12 years. There was a woman who was 18 years bent over. And she wanted her healing. And Jesus graciously gave it to her because she was a daughter of Abraham. And this upset the Pharisees. And he challenged them by saying, you go out and untie your animal and give it water on the Sabbath. What hinders this daughter of Abraham from being healed and restored physically? That's how blind they were. I'm telling you, if he could do it for her, he can do it for you. You got bone issues, back issues, spine issues, brain issues, whatever issue you've got. You got kidney issues, lung issues, heart issues, whatever you got. It doesn't matter how long you've had it. He does the impossible. He does the practical and he does the long standing. Come on, say it with me with all your heart. I don't care how long I've had it. 
It has to go in Jesus' name. In a way, I'm thankful these stories are here for us to remind us to not give up. Keep believing. Keep standing. What is your heart's desire? Keep standing. You've been fighting for a long time and you're getting weary. Don't fight alone. Fight with other people. Amen. Bring them alongside of you. Encourage yourself in the Lord, but bring faith along with you through the mouths and hearts of other people. Say it with me. He does the impossible issue. He does the practical issue. And he does a long-standing issue. Today's goal is that you would walk out of here understanding how to cultivate and maintain the Christmas spirit. How sad is it that so many people who experience happiness on December 25th have lost their spirit by December 26th? Why? <laughs> because they never had the Christmas spirit to begin with. See, we're living in a day where most of the body of Christ is de-emphasizing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Put him in a box, duct tape him, and throw him in the back room because we want to have a controlled, measured, professional type of a church environment where everything is just perfect. But you know what the Holy Ghost will do? He'll mess up your program. Fear of the Holy Spirit and the anointing drives people to withdraw from the things that they know. And can I tell you something today? There are people in this room, your heritage is an encounter with the Holy Ghost. You encountered the Holy Ghost as a child or as a teen and you're coming back to Him in Jesus' name. You've been away long enough. The day we're living in, we're about to see the greatest move of God this nation has ever seen. It's not about politics or presidents or congressmen or women. It's not about budget deficits. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's not about currency or digital currency. It's about the Lord pouring out His Spirit in these last days, and America will not be left out of it. You're about to rediscover who you really are, and you're not just a church member sitting on a pew, going through the motions, saying the right things, being presentable, being acceptable, being socially correct. No, it's about the Holy Spirit blowing into your life and into your family in a fresh way. How many will let him do that? I said, how many will let him do that? I have never understood people being afraid of the things of the Spirit. He has never done anything to me but bless my life. Back in 1982, when I gave my life to Christ that same night, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had the ability to speak in an unknown tongue at that time. What most people didn't know, I'd been sick for a solid two years. But I can tell you this, the night I gave my life to Him, and He baptized me in the Holy Spirit, I was healed, and that has never come back in Jesus' name. I was healed instantly of what that happened. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you we should be celebrating the Holy Spirit celebrating the anointing, not letting people ignore him or put him down or quench him or resist him or, dear God, definitely not blaspheme him. What do you have to say? We build entire structures and organizations and churches and services that completely push him out. No, that's not blaspheming, but that sure is resisting and quenching. Say this to me. The Holy Spirit has nothing in mind but my good. Let him do what he wants to do in you. We understand the Christ of Christmas means the anointed one and his anointing. But what does the last part actually mean? And what does it tell us about cultivating a Christmas spirit year-round? The MAS part. Everybody say mass. 
If you're a Catholic, you know exactly what that is. But you may not know how important that word actually is. Anybody here want to cultivate the authentic, lasting Christmas spirit all year long? Can I see your hand? You want to cultivate it all year long. How about over here with all the red? (laughs) Praise God. First of all, you need to gather in the anointing. Because that is the concept that is reflected with the word mass. It means gather together to worship the anointed one and his anointed. It's a celebration of that anointing, and it's not done all by yourself. You're going to find out that in this day where everybody's so independent and doing their own thing, and I don't need God, I don't need to be in the church, it doesn't take all that, you're going to find out that the only way to truly keep that Christmas spirit all year long is stay in the church all year long. Because hundreds of thousands of people will show up maybe for Easter at a Christmas Eve service and you won't see them again. And then they complain about the pastor preaching the same messages every time they come to church. (laughs) Now let me guess. It's Easter. You're going to preach on the resurrection again? It's Christmas Eve. I guess we're going to sing those same songs, huh? You do realize there's church the week after Christmas. To cultivate the authentic Christmas spirit, you have to gather in the anointing. You have to come together as people of God. Number two, celebrate the anointing. That's another meaning and aspect of this word. It means celebrate the anointed one and his anointing. It means appreciate it and make it widely known. I would say that uh, people say Merry Christmas. They're doing that. But you and I should be saying Merry Christmas with more force and faith than anybody else because we're believers. Because we know what it means. We know that we're celebrating the anointed one and his anointing, not just saying a holiday greeting of some kind. There's spiritual importance to what we're actually doing. And number three, release the anointing. That mass means to release the anointed one and his anointing, to gather to worship him, to celebrate that anointing, and also to release that anointing. That name, Mass, comes from the final blessing a priest would give in the Latin version of a Catholic Mass. And basically what he says is this, Ite Missa Est, and it means to send out. That's critical for us today in what we're talking about. What it means for you and for me is to go forth and send out the anointing. Raise your hand if you've been blessed by the anointed one. He's changed your life. It's not supposed to stay with us. The message is that the conclusion of that service is go forth and serve the Lord. In my Lutheran church, go in peace and serve the Lord. Take it with you. Turn to somebody and tell them, take what you've received with you. This knowledge of what it really means to have that Christmas spirit, take it with you and rejoice in it. You see, we just don't receive it, we release it. We see this reflected when Jesus commissioned his disciples in Matthew 10 and Luke 10 to go out, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, freely you've received, freely give. Raise your hand again if you want to celebrate the Christian spirit all year round. You want to cultivate it? How are you going to do that? You're going to continue to gather, you're going to continue to celebrate that anointing, and you're going to do what? You're going to release it to others. You say, I don't have anything in me. Listen, this may shock you, but the same power that caused Mary to be born, to give birth to a virgin, is the same power that's in you right now. 
I wonder what he would birth in you if you would just give him a chance this year. What vision would he birth in you? What power would he birth in you? What good thing could come through you that would touch this world if you would just yield to him? That's what the Christmas spirit's all about. I love cookies, but it's not in the cookie. I love gifts and giving them, but how, that's not it. You know? I love uh, Christmas dinner like the next person. Glory to God. I'm a turkey man. Sarah's family's a ham man. <laughs> but that's not where the spirit's at. Ironically, if you're born again today, I hope that you are, it's already here. It just needs to be released. There's a picture I want you to see in the Fox News report today. What you see here are plastic bottles on the other side of the Yellow Sea. And in these bottles are $1 bills. There's a flash drive of the entire Bible. And there's enough rice to feed a family of four for an entire week. 17 versions of this, 17 flights of this has already gone out. And they land on the shores of North Korea. This is how they're celebrating Christmas. And inside those bottles is a message to those that uh, are from the capital city, Pyongyang, and, and a knowledge that they may not know. But in 1917, they actually referred to that capital city as a holy city. So many people were Christian. But if God did it once in North Korea, he can do it again. It's great that we sit here and celebrate the anointing. It's great that we sit here and understand as we gather. But we need to release that anointing. What would God put in our hearts to do? They're doing it. Now, how many will pray with me for every one of those bottles to get into the right hand? Amen. And God will protect them as they minister, amen, the gospel to these people. They need the Lord too. And let me remind you of one thing as I wrap this up. It does matter who governs a nation. This was an on fire nation for God. And then a tyrant came and decided that you will worship me and not your God and persecute Amen. Kill, torture anyone who disagrees. Do you know in a North Korean home, if the picture of Kim is tilted, they will be penalized or harmed for it. Because that person is a deity. No, he's just a fat, spoiled brat who needs Jesus. And if he did it once, God can do what? He can do it again. Gather in the anointing. Celebrate the anointing, but learn to release it as well. In Jesus' name, amen.